Good morning. My name is Jerry Schoberg. The scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. For the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Speak to us, O God. Speak to us with your word. Kill in us all that is not of you. And raise us to new life so that we may be more like Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. So today we're continuing our series in Exodus, and my wife Cheyenne said to me, are we still in Exodus? I said, yes, we are. 
It's shorter than the 40 years that the Israelites wandered, so <laughs> be glad for that. We've said them every week as part of our confession until this week, and Sarah's put them to the music of Jingle Bells, so we're trying to write them on our hearts. But here we are finally at the actual scripture text of the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments seem like a strange topic for All Saints Sunday, but the fact is that we've shared this way of living, these commandments, with not only generations of Christians who have followed before us and billions of Christians around the world, but we also share it with generations of Jews who have gone before us and the 16 million Jews around the world today. It's a part of our shared heritage, so the circle is wide today with the Ten Commandments. Now, the commandments, of course, are not without controversy. Some of you might remember American controversies during the 80s and 90s, and even some up to today, about banning the Ten Commandments from being displayed in government buildings, especially courthouses. Opponents argued that they shouldn't be within 10 feet of government property because they violated the American separation of church and state. Church, state, commandments, no. Now, I am, of course, 100% for the Ten Commandments. I'm a commandments fan. Well, no, I'm not. I don't like them. I wish they weren't there. I wish I could do what I want, but I value them. And yet, displaying them on courthouses especially shows something of a misunderstanding of the commandments, the commandments and their purpose. Now, it's true that the commandments are law, law rules governing human behavior. The great reformer John Calvin, whenever he referred to God's law, he was talking about these Ten Commandments. They are law. But we'd be mistaken to think of the commandments like other forms of law as simple rewards and punishments. We tend to forget that God's people, the Israelites, are given these commandments when they're wandering around in the desert. Thanks to God's deliverance, they'd left slavery, oppression, and violence in Egypt for freedom. And no doubt that it came with a lot of excitement at first. Everybody was ready to turn over a new leaf, start over a new life of freedom. Pretty soon, though, they found themselves hungry. They found themselves grumbling. They found themselves dissatisfied, anxious about every meal, fearful about what the next day would bring, and pretty soon they found themselves giving into fear, turning on each other, and even worshiping idols. While their bodies may have been free from slavery, their hearts were still shackled to Egypt. Their hearts were still shackled to the power of sin. I mean, life may have been different for a while, but soon enough they found themselves reverting to the same old lives and habits they'd learned in Egypt. You know, our Baptist friends might call this backsliding, you know. He's a backslider. 
The commandments aren't simply given as the kind of law processed in courts by judges, lawyers, prosecutors, or defense attorneys. There's some overlap, of course. Don't kill, don't steal. But the commandments are given first and foremost as God's holy way of living. Not simple punishments and rewards, but God's way of keeping free people free. To keep them from sliding back into the habits of slavery. As my friend and mentor Richard Topping likes to say, you can take the people out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of the people. These are more than just punishments and rewards. It's God's way of free living. Now, the truth is that we're just as susceptible as the Israelites to the same thing. The bad news is that for the most part, we follow the same pattern. We can experience great growth of character. We can put old habits and mentalities behind. We can make moral progress by leaps and bounds. Sometimes. Rarely. But the truth is that Egypt is always lurking in the background of our souls, always wanting to lure us back to the life of slavery, not just literal slavery, but slavery to sin, slavery to that gravitational pull in life that draws us away from God and the good and loving our neighbors and into ourselves. You know, the words from, you know, Al Pacino's words in The Godfather Part 3, you know, just when I thought I was out, sin pulls me back in, you know. We're always in danger of turning away from our God-given freedom back to slavery, to the slavery of sin, back to selfishness, unkindness, to fear and anxiety, mistreatment of ourselves and our neighbors. <laughs> you can see that the commandments aren't just for ancient Israelites, but they are custom-made for us, too, because we, too, are human beings living in a fallen world. Now remember, they aren't simply rules to live by, common sense or otherwise, or legal do and do's and don'ts. They, they represent the life of freedom for people like us who are constantly taking two steps backward. Steps away from Egypt towards the promised land, away from the kingdom of death towards the kingdom of life. Now you might remember that when Jesus is asked which commandments are the most important, he gives two. He says, love God with all your mind, soul, heart, and strength is the first, and the second is love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, the commandments are actually divided in the same way too. Love God, love neighbor. You can see on the screen, you can see that Moses is holding a tablet. There's one, two, three on one, and then there's all the rest on the other. Love God, and love neighbor, the two tables of the law, as they call it. Now, the first three commandments are all about loving God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, and you shall have no other gods before me. Second, therefore make no idols or graven images, and third, do not take the God's name in vain, not to use and abuse God for your own purposes. It all begins with God. I mean, we tend to think that 
these commandments are just inscribed somewhere and we're not supposed to infer God into them. They say stuff about God, but we don't think about how it all begins with who God is and what God has done. God has brought us out of Egypt. It all begins with God because God makes a different life possible for us. God is the deliverer. God is the freedom bringer. It means we aren't fated to live lives of fear, anxiety, or brokenness. It all begins with God because with God's power, we're able to face trial and temptation. We're able to face the wilderness of human life. In the words of the Apostle Paul, we are conquerors through him, through him who loved us. We love on account of the one who loved us first, Jesus Christ. In his death on the cross and resurrection to new life, with our own strength, God's way is impossible. But with God's strength, we're able to love our neighbors in ways not normally possible that we couldn't do on our own. It all begins with God and who God is. And to that end, the last seven commandments spell out the life that is possible with God. Well, actually, the fourth commandment is sometimes grouped with the other one because it's about remembering the Sabbath, it's about God, and it's about us because we're supposed to keep it holy. Holiness is about God. So it's kind of the bridge, but whatever, whatever. Nevertheless, generally, we think of freedom as being able to do whatever we want whenever we want, you know. Um, we, we, our favorite kind of freedom is what they would call libertarian freedom. The freedom to do things as long as they don't bug other people. But there's that old Civil War camp song that goes, As Christ died to make men holy, let us live to make them free. Our God is marching on. Blow. No, I won't go into the full. <laughs> According to the Bible, true freedom means the freedom to love. To love God and love our neighbors. That is true freedom. Selfishness is slavery. To love our neighbors as ourselves. That is freedom. First, we're to keep the Sabbath day because in Egypt there's no rest. It's work, 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 build, 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 backbreaking labor nonstop. Sabbath means that everybody deserves rest. Everybody can rest. You can rest. You can refrain from work. Yes, but you can also refrain from monitoring Twitter for 24 hours. You can keep from stewing on the comment section. God has created a world that rests is built into so you can rest without worrying that your life is going to fall apart or the world falling apart. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. We're to honor our mothers and fathers because in Egypt the elderly are discarded as useless because they can't produce for Pharaoh. In God's kingdom, though, the weak, the least, and the lost are prized as equal, beloved children to be cared for by the strong. If you're young, you can make a difference in the lives of the old. If you're old, God has given you gifts to serve 
the whole community because God has a place for all in the community of God's people. We are to honor our fathers and mothers, the elderly, as well as our literal fathers and mothers. We got enough of that with Sarah, right? We talked about that enough with Sarah, but... Now, we're not to murder, not to kill, because in Egypt, that's how society functions under the threat of violent retaliation. Disciples of Jesus refrain from violence because we know that violence begats violence. If you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You do not have to give yourself over to anger or vengeance or hatred or revenge. In fact, you can forgive even in the face, even love in the face of hatred. Because we know that the world is saved only through the self-giving love of God poured out on the cross of Christ for all. We're not to commit adultery because in Egypt, human sexuality is a tool for exploitation by the powerful and for the pleasure of the dominator. We know that sex is a gift of love from the Creator and that practicing monogamy, practicing fidelity, we are no longer slaves to a pure drive for pleasure at whatever cost. You do not have to be a slave to those drives. Porn and whatever amusements may give us nice hits of dopamine, but they always leave us empty. Rather, By grace, we can come to experience the freedom, vulnerability, and mutual love with another person. God's love in its fullness. We're not to steal because in Egypt, theft is a way of life. There nothing belongs to the weak, only the strong. Same thing with the commandment, not to covet anything that belongs our neighbor because we can be satisfied with enough knowing that God's creation provides for daily bread for all. We can be generous with each other and not hold back because we know there's always enough to go around. There's always more than enough to go around. And we're not to bear false witness against our neighbors, to lie about them, for the same reasons, because Egypt is built on lies from beginning to end. I mean, I was thinking about this this week, and this commandment might even be our most important today. Because we've got these little devices in our pockets that allow us to say just about anything about anyone and have it shared all over the world in a matter of minutes. I mean, people used to think that church gossip was bad, right? I mean, that, it it's goes around at the speed of a snail compared to the internet. Not only that, but we've become far less interested in what's true and what's not than we do in protecting ourselves, furthering our political tribes or causes. We are encouraged to lie about our neighbors or at least be agnostic about the truth each and every day. None of us is exempt. All political parties, all political parts of the political spectrum, from the least to the greatest in our society, we are susceptible to bearing false witness. We are susceptible 
But remember, we are not slaves. We are not slaves. For freedom, Christ has set us free. I mean, I actually brought out my copy, special copy of, of this just to show everybody because it's got such beautiful graphics on the front. I joke, actually. It's, it looks really dated. But, I mean, I love the great reformer Martin Luther's reading of his, this commandment. It's in this, this small catechism. You know, you can keep your small catechism in your back pocket, you know. And, you know, when you're sitting at the computer and you're, about, you're angry about somebody on the internet, you can take out your Luther's catechism and switch to this question, you know. He takes this commandment to its ultimate conclusion. What does this commandment mean for us, he asks. What are we, we are to fear and love God. There's that God beginning first, flowing out of God's love for us so that we do not betray, slander, or lie about our neighbor. In fact, he goes further. He says, we are to defend them, speak well of them, and explain their actions in the kindest possible way. Defend them, speak well of them, explain their actions. Not only refraining from lying, but speaking good. Speaking good. By grace, we not only can refrain from lying and tell the truth instead, we can see our neighbors, as Sarah said, as God made them in the image of God. To not only tolerate them, which, you know, it's a start, <laughs> but to love them. We can be honest about our lives in the world because we know the truth that God so loved not just us, but the whole world. God loved the whole world that he gave his one and only son. And this is the truth that sets us this is the truth that sets us free like I said the commandments aren't a system of punishment and rewards not a simple do or don't but they represent the life of freedom for people like us who are always turning back to Egypt a life of freedom that is possible with God. We live in difficult times for sure, times of fear and anxiety. It's times like these where we are especially likely to turn away from our God-given freedom and to retreat into the slavery of our fears, where ego and self-interest become common sense. It's times like these, though, where the world needs people who cling to the truth, people who cling to love of God and love of neighbor as much as ever. So during these times, my brothers and sisters, may you, may we cling to Christ and his commandments for dear life. May we be given the courage to leave Egypt in the rear view mirror and by God's grace be the people the world needs now as much as ever.
I offer this to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. to sing the hymn of the day, Spirit God, be our breath. Yeah. 